Hey, just a little break between uh, between recording. Uh, I just wanted to get on to you about the It's Time to Refresh free birthday event that we're running. But basically, I've put on a free party and it's got it's unbelievable lineup. I've dropped the flyer right now. We've got from A to Z, if I can remember rightly, um, it's Andy Kelly. Uh, then we've got myself. I've also got General Bounce. And last but not least, we've got John G. Really looking forward to this lineup. Like it's all for free, and that's at Club One Three Five. Um, Whitehaven and it's on Saturday the 25th of March it's time to refresh first birthday get on it you know it makes sense this is the it's time to refresh podcast with Brad Refresh the podcast about life music traveling shit literal shit that is and weird and wacky stories with Brad and a range of guests from the planet earth feel free to share the pod with your pals your mama your neighbor's dog, or even your shrink. It's all fun. You can follow our Facebook group called It's Time to Refresh Community or It's Time to Refresh on Instagram. Write into the pod, ask questions, and share your stories. Enjoy the pod. Hey kid, what time is that? It's time to refresh. <laughs> this episode will be sponsored by Monster. Monster. Um, back once again with another podcast. This is episode 47 of the It's Time to Refresh podcast. On this episode, we've got legendary DJ Chris Ectic. How are you doing, mate? All right? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad at all. Um, Travelled down to um, surrounding areas of Manchester, just in case you don't want your, your, your location <laughs> out there um, today um, to record this podcast. Uh, I messaged message Chris a while back um, saying I think it would be good to come on and sort of tell you a story. I've never really had, you've never really documented it at all, have you really? Not really, no. no. So I thought, do you know something, this would be a good, sort of a good opportunity to do it. So what did you have for tea last night? I had um, salad, it sounds like boringness, I had salad and I had jacket potatoes with cheese on it. That's a basic. You yeah, thought about that, haven't you, when you messaged me last yeah. night? <laughs> you knew I, was gonna I ask. nearly had a way better tea just so I could say it on air today. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, excellent, mate. So, how are you doing? How how, how is life at the minute for, for you as a DJ and that? Yeah, really good, it's you good. know. Yeah, I've just been busy, you know. You can tell the camera if you want um, <laughs> what, what about uh, what what you were doing last night. I was doing last night? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was recording a promo video for an event I'm doing pretty soon. But uh, messing it up a lot. Yeah, 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 it took about three and a half hours and several thousand takes, probably. But <laughs> I got there in the end. <laughs> yeah. So basically, you go on to play in Germany. Yeah. Uh, where's it at? Sorry. It's uh, a place called the Boot House in uh, Cologne. Right. And that's um, it's the the DJ bag top one hundred. Um, clubs, it's number five at the moment. Excellent. So it's a big, big achievement and a big, uh, yeah. a, it's a big thing for you as well. Yeah. So basically. I reassured him before we started recording because um, if you look at the really dodgy um, adverts that we've got in between this where I'm advertising the Patreon, it's a 30 second clip and it took me 
two hours 45 minutes to record 30 seconds worth of material and even then i had to chop it up because it's it's just i hate speaking into a camera on my own and, yeah. and that's that's how it is for you so reassured you you're probably not alone when it comes to doing them promo videos <laughs> um so we'll sort of roll it right back to the beginning if you want um who's chris where 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 did it where did it all start for you started a long time ago mate um I started, I first got into like the whole rave scene when I was probably about 12 year old, yeah. uh, listening to The Prodigy, like mid-92, 93. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine got uh, an Amiga computer, right. uh, he lived next door to me, uh, he was disabled as well, mm -hmm. um, and we just, um, well I think one day we, we managed to get this um, like this computer magazine, and it had some free uh, audio production software on it, right. so I put that in, and then from that moment it was just hooked on trying to remix stuff, you know interesting um, yeah. that's a, a bit different to what i was expecting to be honest yeah. i thought it was i thought the dj uh, dj aspect came first no i uh, so i was i'm talking so i started trying to produce when i was 12 year old yeah and then i think when i was 16 i managed to get all of this first set of decks yeah uh, and the horrible things like the old disco decks yeah the pit slide was what about an inch and a half long <laughs> you know, the belt drive and that so yeah just got the gold of them went to the local record shop it's yeah. like a rock record shop so the only thing we could manage to get was a load of uh jungle like right. shy effects that sort of thing you know yeah djss so i grabbed a load of that as much as we could brought it all just started trying to mix i think it must be for some proper mix about 12 months after that you know? <laughs> <laughs> say, i think i think jungle because obviously we're listening we're used to the 4-4 beat i think it's, it's quite confusing obviously if you just learn yeah. at the time it might not be that confusing because if you're learning that style yeah um but it, it, it can be quite confusing to, to mix, uh, like, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's a different sort of pattern and stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you, you're talking about the pro production and stuff like that. What was the software, that, just out of curiosity? It's called Octomed. 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 It was, um, it was like, a, they call it tracking software. Yeah. You literally had four little channels, and so you couldn't just get samples them days. So we had to, like, the way I started getting rave stabs was I used to listen to Stu Allen right. and record it on tape, like, every Saturday night. Right. And then what I'd do is we'd go back through it the next day and, like, isolate little stabs off all <laughs> the hardcore tracks yeah. and then put all them, you know, use them as our instruments. So you weren't uh, even pulling from the source of the vinyl, you were no, pulling from like the recording. from tape over the radio, mate. Yeah, so it was probably pitched and yeah. then there was probably tape distortion and everything. Yeah, we had to sort all that out. It was a nightmare. Amazing, but, amazing. So we So, yeah, so... so between 12 and 16 before you got the dj and stuff like that what was the what was going on what was the were you, were you just trying to remix tracks or were you writing writing originals or what was, uh, the... was all about uh, we started sort of trying to remix a lot of stuff mm -hmm. i think set you free was like the first track I ever really got me head down and tried to remix yeah but uh, we used to just like we used to listen to a lot of the older trance stuff back then as well like carl cox's react albums and stuff like yeah. that so me and my friend would sit there and just listen to it and then just like we you get the basic sort of synths and try and just recreate that sort of sound you know so we're doing a lot of trance but then right like trying to produce our own stuff again we're only young so learning sort of just so i don't know we weren't even learning from any sources so we're doing it ourselves so, so like learning on the fly yeah and then like you know, obviously like, listening in school and you learn about music theory a bit more so mm. you'd take that and you know just 
use what you learned there and incorporate it into that, like trance music or rave stuff, you know. So when you when you started, for instance, you were sampling a sound. Yeah. When when you were were you writing stuff in key to begin with or? Oh, I could imagine. I, was, I, I couldn't even tell you. It, we yeah. we felt like it was in key at the time, yeah. but I bet if I listen back, now, <laughs> have you still got the record? Like the record recorders. Yeah, a lot of them have gone missing, sadly. You know. Yeah. They're all on tape and stuff. So. Yeah, you know. but uh, but yeah, you probably sounded in key or it sounded like yeah. it was right, but yeah, probably. probably right. like it sounded like a mid two thousands don't call for. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. So from there, what, what was the first tune where you thought, you know, some of this is actually we're onto something sort of? Um, first prop, real the first proper one would have been right the way up in. God, what I was really happy with my production would have been probably early two thousands. Right, you yeah. know, like right the way up there because again we had had a little bit of a break. The, the DJ took off um, in like in the late nineties. Mm -hmm. I was doing I'm just. Like I said took off. I was trying to, I was making a name for myself in the local scene, you know, right. doing like local bars, managed to get a few festivals. Right. So like what was your the, what was your first gig then? What was what was your first gig? Your first club experience sort well, of club experience would have been um that would have been Legends in Warrington. Right. My first proper club experience. And I was with um with me, I think with me, Pete Monsoon, mm -hmm. Absolute and was it Do uh, Domino. Nice lineup. Yeah, I know. And then little old me. Mm. Yeah, I was like, yeah, so I was amazed by that. It was good. We used to do that quite often. What was the year? Um, yeah, was that then? I'd have been, I think I'd been about 2000, 2000. 2000. Right, yeah. yeah. So you can sort of imagine the tunes that you were all playing at that point as well. Yeah, it was it was a mixture. A lot yeah. of chance throwing our own acapellas over it. Yeah. Hard house sort of thing as well, you know. Well, that was mainly me dropping the hard house. <laughs> and pulled the face when I did that. But, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you... You were sort of around for when, before Bounce was necessarily Bounce, yeah. so to say, when it was, you were taking bits from Hard House, taking bits from Trance, taking bits from like the Eurodance stuff, yeah. and it was morphing into what we know as Bounce today, yeah. do you know what I mean? So did you see that it was going to go into that direction, or was it just it, find think, good records? It was a, I think it was a natural progression, you yeah. know, because like the Northern scene was a bit more... I feel like they were a bit more up for it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and there was uh, back then at least there was very much um, you could experiment behind the decks a lot more, and they would they'd go on that journey with you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like it was just for, for me personally. I, like I'd go record shopping, and it would just be a case of you know a, a good record would be a good record. Yeah. You know, so if it was like even if you're all trance, like milking that sort of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, if it were more that style, if it more like you know yeah, like perfecto. You know, it, it didn't really matter. As long as it was more, you know, I, I, you feel that tune would get that dance floor rocking. Yeah. You know, and then also a lot of it, like I started really thinking I was getting as many acapella records as I could. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I was really thinking about what what you what could, could you do with them, them yeah, yeah, like yeah. live bootlegs and all that sort of thing. You know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, that's interesting. It's just it's an interesting take because like you see how it how how our scene was formed and he's just literally pulling things from everywhere yeah putting it and gluing it all together that's essentially what it is it's just we're yeah. just like uh do you know what i mean like it's all we're all stitched together to make this perfect thing yeah. in our in our eyes but if i think if you pulled say like a euro dance tune like you were saying like say milk ink or something like that you know oh well that would work sort of early on or yeah. earlier too. and then and then you've got your, your big bang and hard house tunes but it's a bit bouncier you're like oh i can stick that yeah. on sort of later and that's progressed into what we call sort of bounce yeah. not on that today which i think's interesting yeah so for you 
in sort of 99, 2000, you, what were you doing? Were you playing the harder stuff? Is that what it was? Yeah, well, I mean, so between, let's say, the 95s and like the 2000s, hmm. um, like, as a DJ, it's hard enough to get your name around anyway, you know what I mean? And for me personally, I was, I was trying to get a lot of local venues, I was trying to get work there, but no one would believe I was a DJ mm -hmm. at all. Like, <laughs> tried those. So I had to like, sort of figure out a way to get my name known beforehand. Right. So I um, actually, I started, um, there used to be a pirate radio station, 99.7 mm -hmm. uh, Love F Love, Love Energy, it was called. Right, uh, can't Yeah, well, it was a the man big Manchester thing. Right. But um, yeah, basically what we did was, um, like, they ended up still going off, uh, we managed to get hold of the transmitter. Right. So we did 99.7 Energy FM, right. which is, I was playing a lot for UK Hardcore back then. Right. Like, I was bad into my hardcore. I used to go spinning every weekend. <laughs> spent all my money on there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, basically we, we put this, like, radio station together for, like, normal people who'd sort of find an abandoned place, you know, out of the way. Yeah. Me and my mates decided it was a good idea to do it in my bedroom down there, you know. Right. And then uh, we put an aerial up. And, um, like, but literally we did every weekend then, you know, got a burner for mobile phone. Yeah. And then just did every weekend, sort of, like, getting, trying to get, like, my name, Etic, yeah. you know, out there. And so right. I think, you know, that's, yeah, that was pretty much what we did then. And Where did the name come from? Etic. Uh, <laughs> it's well, cool, name, yeah, isn't it? yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, basically, a friend of mine he used to do a lot of graffiti, yeah, and he'd stop doing that. And it's not him doing this, by no, no, it's, <laughs> no, but he used to use like I was trying to think of a name for ages, yeah, like, like a long time. I used to have another name, but I'm not even mentioning it. Go on, no. give us an exclusive quote. <laughs> Gone. Nah. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it bad? On a, on a scale of, of 1 to 10, what? what? It's cringe, mate. DJ Sensation. <laughs> well, yeah, I've heard words. Right. I've heard words. So, yeah, I had that name and I hated it, but you know, I just didn't know what to call myself. Yeah. And um, he was doing his tag and it was hectic. You know, he used to do it in like this like, smartest sort of phone. Mm. And one day I was looking at it and I thought, that'd make a sick DJ name. I'm so on it. <laughs> I, I said to him, I said, look, do you mind, you know, and by this point I've been DJing for quite a few years, he likes what we're doing. Mm. So I asked him, I said, would you mind if, you know, if I had that for my DJ name? And he, yeah. said, he said it'd be an honour, so, yeah. Excellent, that was, excellent. That was, that was a name, I love it, I love it. <laughs> Class, mate. That, that, it's proper, um, I don't know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a nice, nice little warm feeling on that yeah. one, I think. Um, so going forward then, you were, you, you got your first gigs and stuff like that. What, what was the, the next step for you when you, when you, you've, you've done the radio station and you've gotten your name around, but where, who gave you your first sort of break? Well, um, my first big break was Gary Hypnotic. Right. Uh, basically, uh, by this point I've been doing local clubs and I managed to get, uh, secure a few local festivals, which were, a real big thing for me back then, you yeah. know, it was quite, quite a few thousand people there. And, Is there uh, anything in particular that we'll, we'll, anyone would know? Uh, there were like, I don't know, there were like Springfields 2000 and all this, and like, there, there was, like I said, there was locals here, like, you know, Rochdale, Manchester yeah. area, um, like Haywood Milton and all that. Right. So there was, like I said, around here a lot of people know what they were, but it's nothing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, one of them, uh, a friend of mine were promoting, and I was DJing, and Gary Hypnotic was um, DJing there. Right. Now, by this point, I had loads of Maxim's tape packs, you know. Yeah, I was, yeah. a, I was a massive fan of the whole, but like that, you know, that side of the scene, you know. Yeah. You know, I've been doing stuff with like Absolute, Monsoon, 
and all that lot. So am so, I right in thinking at this point in time that was was it Zonat Maxims at this point? It was point? both. <coughs> no, there was Nash, National Anthem Zonat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there were Maxims back to the old school. So this is like two thousand, uh, yeah. This was, yeah, it was two thousand. Was two thousand? Yeah, two thousand. For two thousand and one. God knows. Yeah, I think yeah. Two, yeah. So, um, yeah, basically Gary's Gary DJs on, on you know on his set. Yeah. So I come on and I do my set. Like I'm thinking I've got to impress here, so I'm doing pulling all every trick I can. You know, out yeah. of the sort of thing, just doing what I can. And then uh, after my set, like Hypnotic comes out, gets on the mic, says like you know basically he's amazed about what you know what he's seen and everything about me. Yeah. And then he drops at the end of it. Uh, no doubt you'll see this guy at Maxine's pretty soon. I'm like, excellent. What? So obviously he asked me if I want to play there. Yeah. I said yeah, and then that was my first real, you know, my first proper platform. So this is 2001. Yeah, 2001. 2001. Um, I'm just going to ask you some daft, and you might not know the answer to it. So you've went there. You've you've obviously had this, the the packs and everything, and you could you can sort of visualize what it's like in your head when you've got there and you you've played your set. Can you remember the first tune you played? Crap. Light Force, join me. Yeah, Light Force, join me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and were you nervous for this? Because obviously it's, it's a big big thing yeah. considering. Yeah, I mean, I was young. Well, I was like 20, early twenties. I was twenty two back then. Yeah. You know, so and this was in my eyes, what you know, it was the biggest break I could ever get as a DJ. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I was nervous. I listened to tape packs and stuff, but when I turned up, I brought two record boxes, mainly for the more leading towards the harder house sort of stuff. You know yeah. I mean? So, like, I got on the decks. I was kind of thinking at the time, these tunes are going to be too hard for the crowd. Yeah. This DJ before me played a lot quite a cheesy attack. You know? I like vocally, yeah. yeah. So I was, yeah, I was absolutely bricking it at the time, mate. I'm not <laughs> going to lie. Yeah. But yeah, it went well. So what, what, type, what type of tunes were you playing for that set? Like, if you had to sort yeah. of give a rough sort of... A... Again, uh, so I played some of the harder stuff later on, like, more some nucleus sort of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, early on in the set, I played um, more trance. Yeah. You know, um, and then I think that was the first time I dropped um, Darude Sandstorm. Yeah. And I did the, uh, uh, forgot about Dre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did uh, that live or acapella over top of it, place blew up. So at that, at that point. I think buzzing, I, yeah. Yeah, well, I think I went like the third record in. Yeah. So then it was like, I just got behind the whole set. Yeah. You don't just start smashing it like and adrenaline were pumping you know? yeah yeah when you're into something you're into something yeah. like that yeah uh, it's quite quite a legendary thing that now isn't it you, you see on tiktok uh people doing the sandstorm well, and, uh, I, yeah i'll be the first one to do that so, yeah, <laughs> it's just putting that out there yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, honestly i seen it on tiktok and i was like yeah the bounce they were doing like 2001 yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, seen, I've seen I've seen that mashup a couple of times where the DJs are thinking that the, the, the sort of doing something brand new yeah. I've, like, I've held me back from coming in <laughs> I'll leave it a little better <laughs> yeah 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 exactly um, so yeah you've you've sort of off the back of that though where you're getting a lot of people within it because obviously within the scene that's that was a big hub for, for the for our music were you getting yeah. people sort of reaching out to you or like that yeah 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 definitely um like so i noticed bookings improved massively after you know after especially about a year of being there yeah um yeah sort of that's where my career really you know i felt, I felt like i could call myself a professional dj yeah. from that moment on you know so yeah. what so what had happened did you go uh, did you go down there for a trial yeah well i think i just it just had to invite me to go on dj i didn't think there was anything coming about from it i thought it was probably going to be a one-off you know, yeah yeah and not um I'd only held local residences, you know, at that point, and 
I never dreamt that because would sort of want me as a resident anyway. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I um, did my set and then Sports Gary later on about it, he asked me about what did they think of my set. I said, I was pretty happy with it. Mm. And then he invited me, he said, do you do it like old school? Mm. So I said, yeah. And then he invited me to the, back to the old school one in two weeks. So I'm like, okay. Back again so, so yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, I did that. And then from that moment on, yeah, pretty much it's like, and everything yeah, yeah. for me residency excellent man yeah. what an achievement at such like uh, like such an early age as well yeah. do you know what i mean that's what was it 22 did you say that's right too excellent man that's fantastic um so you're with maxims for for how long because it was it like 10 years mate 10 so, years yeah, yeah yeah so because i remember the sort of i obviously wasn't around then but I, I remember the back end and i think seeing you maybe once or twice then yeah and it was a uh, you were always you were you were ectic from Maxim's like that. Yeah. That's, that yeah, was yeah. your thing, wasn't it? Like yeah. it was. Well, that's what I knew as at least, anyways. Yeah. Um, so how, how was that then? Because obviously in Wigan you had Maxim's Pier. Yeah. We, we, what was that, that? The crowds like? Was it two separate crowds? Well, did you find? Or? See, I, f I feel like people sometimes think that there were two full separate crowds, and there are quite a few people who only went to one or the other. Yeah, those but, crossover like, massively. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Because like, even me, I used to. There was plenty of times where I did be set of Maxims. It's before, like, because Maxims it was a bigger capacity, yeah. you know, place. Um, but I'd, um, I'd finished my set places like say, sweat dripping off the roof you know what I mean it's absolutely random hotel in there yeah. as soon as I got off the decks I've got people flying off to me exit, 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 you know what I mean it, like, you just want to relax for a minute so yeah. there were a lot of times where I would actually dive out of the club get in my mate's car fly over to pier yeah. they go and hide in a pier DJ box <laughs> I'd be sat in the pier DJ box just chilling out like you know, yeah, like, chatting crazy. to the lads there yeah. So I'd see a lot of the same people anyway, you know, in both both venues. What about, for instance, the music policy? What 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 do you did you find it there was a slight difference or was it were they playing the same tunes or very, in your opinion, very, I mean? Very similar. Very yeah, similar. Very similar. The, the main main difference was is Maxine's and MCs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think I couldn't really I mean we all played pretty much the same sort of tracks, you know. Yeah. Because there weren't like there weren't that much like not that there weren't that much music you know to play to do, fill a full night of you know, music yeah 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 sort of thing you know we, there's only so many records being produced in the bouncy especially then on vinyl yeah so interesting you know. is it interesting um so from like sort of 2001 onwards then you you've got the Maxime's thing was there other little side bits going on and or what what else was it obviously that was your main your main sort of focus yeah i did um back then i did all over the uk as well yeah, yeah i did um there was a lot of rave nights i did uh illusion yeah um, where was that sorry that was uh, i did a few milton Keynes right. over there i did a few to my base nights in different places as well did, what uh, was the crowds like there in comparison i did good um yeah i did sheffield the arches that were pretty crazy I did yeah. a drum base night there um, must admit, like guy coming up, uh, you know, little little white guy jumping up behind the decks in a wheelchair. Yeah. I got some funny looks from that crowd <laughs> at first, right? But um, yeah, nah, it was that was a pretty crazy night. What's the uh, scenes like between between it then? So you've got you 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 you've seen bounces quite high energy and and yeah. stuff like that. I have been to drum and bass and jungle nights, and I've been to yeah. festivals where there's drum and bass jungle, yeah. and it seems like they're a completely different. It's a different vibe altogether. Yeah, I mean back then it was. I don't know, but it felt pretty high energy. But like you say, it is more. It has its lulls and chills. Yeah. Where like you know some tunes will be high energy, but then a few of them they'll like more relaxed. Where I feel the balance events, it's just 
full on. <laughs> the doors open, yeah. everyone's at it until the, you know what I mean? The sun comes up and then they're off at it, you know what I mean? Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Um, so you were doing the sort of drum and bass stuff. Um, when did the, the sort of house thing come along for you then? Um, 2010. Oh, was it that late on, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was, I would produce in house sort of in the studio. Yeah. Right, just doing nothing with it. Yeah. You know, and. Um, sort of sitting on it, sort of thing. Yeah. Totally, and um, well, Mark Seams and Pierre that in around the 2010 mark, that's it just fell off a cliff, didn't it? Yeah, you know, like uh, Mark Seams started having hardly anyone through the door. Yeah. Pierre was the same because obviously the sound restrictions didn't help them, yeah. you know, with the like that's a totally changed their sound system in there, it was a lot quieter. Um, yeah, I think the whole club sort of balanced it, that sort of thing fell off anyway at that point. Yeah, there was so, obviously the recession and that as yeah. well, that, that's, yeah. and and stuff like that. So, what was what was the the, the general vibe like at that point in Maxims and Pia? Like, what was the? Well, I, I mean, to be fair, again, because I was I was working Maxims, so I, I can say more that I, mm. I'd call off to Pia every now and then. But I know it, it just felt like it just felt like I said the recession and stuff. It just it was quiet, mm. you know. And the, I felt like the vibe weren't there. As much the music I feel around about that time in the bounce scene just seemed to I don't know whether it was me personally but I feel like it um, it fell off quality wise quite a bit but yeah you know, I think like, that yeah. personally this is my opinion I'm not speaking for you yeah um, I think in 2009 2010 I think the quality of the tunes weren't quite there there yeah, was yeah. there was the obvious the obvious ones yeah, yeah of course but yeah the the there wasn't if you look back right to 2000 and say 2009 for instance i can't remember i can't think of 10 anthems from I'm 2009 i'm trying to think of one now <laughs> <laughs> but if you go back to say 2005 or yeah. 2002 yeah. etc yeah. there's you could you could list off loads yeah whereas 2009 i think there was only a handful of yeah. tunes that have stood stood also, I think I feel like you know a lot of things had happened in that point as well. So you can't really blame the producers and stuff. Like there was the whole vinyl to MP3 situation back then. You know, yeah. where, you know, you had the people like we. I I had um, me and Nelson. We we ran fast forward records. Yeah, and you know um, we had the same issue. Like where you're putting out tracks. Yeah, you know, obviously first a lot, a lot of them were selling, and then all of a sudden people were just ripping them. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. I think that has a lot to do with that whole, you know. Do you want to get into that a little bit? If that's all right. So, oh. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about the re the record level. What was the where? When did this start, and what was the catalyst for it? What the record level? Yeah, yeah. Um, Nelson, sorry, Nelson, no bass records. Yeah. Uh, I think we're just, I were doing the production stuff, and I weren't really. I know I, I weren't seeking anywhere to release it. I was just doing stuff to play at clubs and all that. You know? So it was more for you, just yeah. your sets. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was like. You know, he had ideas to do tracks, so it just it sort of it snowballed from there, really. You know, yeah. It, he, yeah, we released a good few. I think we did ten EPs or something like that. Ten, yeah, all ten all vinyl as well. Was yeah, it? Yeah, 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 excellent. Yeah. What sort of, if you don't mind me asking, you, I'll cut this out if you're not if you're not yeah. thinking. But um, what sort of numbers were you doing on vinyls sales? Was it what were you pressing up at least? Uh, a few thousand. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure it was. Um, Memory was a bit foggy back then, but yeah, a couple of thousand. You know, yeah. yeah. Imagine but, trying to sell a thousand copies of a uh, digital track now. Yeah, it just wouldn't happen. I know. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Uh, yeah, people like to have things in the hand. Like yeah. for me, I still collect vinyl. I still collect CDs. Yeah. I, somebody was saying to me at work the other day. This is sort of off subject, but they were saying to me, um, 
Oh, they're like more indie kids. Do you know what I mean? They're all yeah. the young apprentices. And they said to, um, oh, like, you're a DJ, do you have vinyl? I was like, yeah, yeah, of course I collect vinyl. Yeah. It's like, oh, we've got vinyl. We've been buying it, buying it from HMV and like secondhand stores. It's like yeah. 30 quid, 40 quid a vinyl, like some other yes. albums, yeah, I know. And we were there and I was just saying to him, like, I was like, so do you, do you, do you collect them? What do you, what, like, what do you collect? How many have you got? Blah, blah, blah. And we were sort of back and forth in the conversations. And I was like, um, do you collect CDs and stuff? Like, CDs? Why would I collect CDs? I was like, so, I was like, but you, what, vinyl's older than CDs. He's yeah. like, yeah, no, but it's like cool, isn't it? I was like, right, okay, I'm lost, but <laughs> yeah, so I, I mentioned, I, I went from that he was dead interested in like, oh, you collect vinyl, what have you got, da, 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 and then we are sort of talking about it. As soon as I said I had CDs, I just looked like a really uncool old man. <laughs> it was horrible. It was like, <laughs> CDs, yeah. And then he, he made the comment as well. He goes, um, yeah, this this is the one that re- off the conversation. This was the end of the conversation. He said, um, "Yeah, my, I was driving and my um, my phone died the other day in the car, and I had to put the radio on. I should really buy a, a CD as a, as a backup." And I was like, "Wow, this is this yeah. is this is what we've got to." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, sort of off subject there, but it's just it goes to show that yeah. how quickly times have changed and, yeah. and stuff like that. So I've got a question. It might you might not be able to give me a direct answer, or whatever. But um, when you were doing the vinyl releases, what at what point were you like, right? That's it. We'll just we'll do digital. There's maybe a market there, or did you embrace the digital? Or? We, to be fair, we, it just kind of fell off. You know, like, yeah. I think uh, Nelson's. I think he was closing the record shop up at the time. You know, yeah. it was like so yeah, yeah, he had that business as well. So yeah. I think. Um, yeah, we just I say sales started falling off rapidly. Mm-hmm. I'm like seeing, I'm, I'm obviously on a lot of the bounce you know, scouts forums and all that. Yeah, and seeing the tune pop tunes popping up. Literally, I'm we putting out white labels before we'd even done the release, and the yeah. white labels getting leaked on there. It's like, what, what's the point? So we kind of just like stopped yeah. it from then on, and you know. So were you still releasing on other labels, your, your music and stuff? Yeah, I did. Uh, I had a couple of releases a little while later on. Uh, Andy Whitby used to do... Um, awesome. Oh, yeah, awesome. Yeah. I did that. Uh, Ready or not, the hard house version of Ready or not. Yeah. That, um, that, I did that track. Yeah. Um, I did some on Club Fillers, Defiance. Yeah. I did the Banner of Finery remixes on that. Yeah. You know, and just getting right into the harder sort of side of things at that point that was yeah. uh, that was very much my sort of when you were naming yeah. off them there I was like yeah I know these tunes because yeah. they, they very much of the time what I was into yeah. I was yeah. massively into say like um, what um, say Glenn was doing um, oh Glenn was all, he come, I did some stuff with Glenn as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Come down. Uh, yeah. and Club Filler and yeah. they, they, they were doing like a harder edge bounce everything yeah. was a bit more like punchier and yeah. grittier I thought and I was very much into into that sound so yeah I did I did I've got a couple of year releases off there nice um I think that was a, a sound that sort of you don't hear it much anymore within no. our scene it's, which is unfortunate I think I think uh say 2019 we started hearing a lot of that creeping as well yeah. seeing that more harder edge you know especially from the BTID lads all that that's you know side I felt like that for me it felt like it was sort of bringing a little bit of that back yeah. you know and I was kind of hoping that I'd stay but <laughs> we're doing pop songs now aren't we yeah, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> well, exactly what it is yeah um, so sort of so 2010 we went off the subject there but you you, you started doing the house music how, yeah. how did you find the transition well yeah to be fair so um, 
when I've been doing messing around with house music a little while anyway. Yeah. So I found I found it quite easy with the transition, you know, because I've been doing it like you know on, on the back burner. Yeah. But um, I, th- I feel like at the, that 2010, that sort of you know the leads sort of um, like Jack in House sound. Yeah, came, Jack yeah, in and Bass kind of battle. Like yeah, we was. Well, it's me and a couple of friends kind of got together. Mm-hmm. Um, we started, we started, started producing that sort of stuff here. Fell in love with the sound, especially. Well, that was all. A lot of those were like obviously, yeah, just synthy sort of stuff. But we loved, we really loved doing like the epic piano breakdowns and with cool strings in the background, more organic, like real violin noises rather than synths and stuff like that. Mm. You know, and then um, just the big, big jacking bass lines on the drops. Excellent. So, yeah. I got onto your. I didn't know. I realised that um, it was you. To be honest with you, when you were doing that sort of stuff, yeah. I got onto you by mistake. I think I heard um, a guest mix that you did for that. Remember Fresh? Yeah. The, the, the Green yeah. was doing. I think you'd done a guest mix or a, a live recording or something like that. Yeah. And I put it on. And I thought, ooh, this is a, this is all right. This. Yeah. It's a shame that that didn't last very long. The, oh, the, yeah. the whole yeah. jacking thing because I, I quite like that. Yeah. Like, uh, there's, there's there is a couple of tunes where I'm just like. This is good, this. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I, I do. I must admit, I really love that style. I've, I'll get in the studio every now and then and I'll just sit there and start, you know, just like, <laughs> yeah. not, not have an idea for what you're going to do with the tune before you know it. I made half a jacking track. I'm like, shame, you know, shame we couldn't really release it anywhere now. You know, but, yeah. Do you not think that that sort of thing's coming back, though? Do you not, th- do you not think well, that, say, Garage, for instance, Yeah. a lot of garages, if you hear in the charts, there's a lot of uh, garage-influenced stuff yeah. and it... The shuffle and everything well, is similar. I mean, if you look at, uh, say, Bad Boy Chiller Crew, yeah. if you listen to all their backing tracks, it's literally old, what, 2014, sort of Leeds house in it, really. Yeah. You know, they'll call it the Brummy Sound or whatever, but, <laughs> you know, but yeah. Yeah. So what was the, the first, like, because obviously it's not, you're not that you have to start all over again as such, but what was the first big tune you did as Club Killers then? What was the one that where people noticed who you uh, were? Diamond Life, that uh, She Six Loan in a Smokefield Cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that. That's a uh, banger, by the way. Yeah, it's still, you know. It's, it's, it's still, it hasn't, yeah. a, it's a, it, it hasn't yeah. aged in uh, that time. It still sounds quite, I'd, if that got released in the charts now, it'd be like, you wouldn't question what's that doing. Like, it just feels yeah. like, of now. That's it. I've dropped it. Um, when we did, we did a um, Sunrise reunion the other month. Yeah. Dropped it there and still just went off. I'm like, yeah. So that was a, uh, like our first real, you know, decent one on that. Well, the first time I properly met you, this is sort of on on the house thing as well. I'd went to um, to Blackpool. Um, yeah. I think it was just with the family or whatever. Yeah. And I think I seen you down by um, on on the front. I want to give you a quick hello. How are you doing, mate? And that was it. Yeah. We were sort of cross paths. Um, and it was the day of the first sunrise. You done yeah. that, didn't you? I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. It was the first sunrise on the pier. It was yeah. Or, or whatever they called it at the time. I think it was S two S on the pier. Yes, yeah, S2S on the pier or something. Oh, like that. It might have been Pier Jam back then. I don't know. It? I think Pier Jam came after it, didn't it? I thought Sunrise and oh, Pier came first. Or... Yeah. When he was a senior that day, and I was like, uh, I was going to stop to talk to you, but I think you were talking. You were talking to two girls at the time. I can't remember who it was. You know. <laughs> I didn't, want to, I didn't want to interrupt you at your floor <laughs> but yeah um, and I was like oh, once I looked into like cause I didn't I still didn't know at this point that, that this was you I just yeah. I just know you as the bounce DJ at this point and when I found out it was you I was like oh yes I like that you're doing the crossover and stuff like that so yeah excellent mate yeah it was good. pretty successful back then you know we did, yeah. we did good with it uh, 
Do you still do you still get listened on Spotify and stuff like that? What's most like? most my views, like most my streams, are from the club killer stuff. Still, I thought I like, thought it would be it's massive. It's still like we get thousands and like get thousands a week still out of it. You know, I bet you still get playlisted quite a lot on like. Yeah. Play- I thought it would as well. Are, um, the main city we listen to ours is um, Dublin, apparently. Oh. Yeah, it's still like, interesting. <laughs> have you geeked over there? Never. Never. I might have one over there pretty soon. What? what? Really? Watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> I've said about that the better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so during during your time as a DJ, where you were saying about going all over the UK, is there any, is there any sort of places that you've been that that might be shocking to people, like out, outside of the sort of northern of England? Um, shocking. I don't know. Like we did the I said with the house music, did Tenerife with Tom Zanetti and all that. Yeah. that. That was a great week. Yeah. Um, recently, I've just done Germany. Yeah. Which was. Yeah, unreal, absolutely unreal. We'll get into um, that if you yeah. don't mind. Is that, is that all right? Yeah. Um, so we'll just talk about this off pod, but we're just going to sort of regurgitate because I think it's quite an interesting story. <laughs> so do you want to start Restricted Forest, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so um, like, I love Restricted Forest. Do it every year. Yeah. And um, I, I get to play the trans stage, which is amazing because, like I said, back in the day, I did all the trans music. Mm-hmm. So it's just you know, it's good just to. Really, I think feel like for me personally as a DJ. I feel like I'm original ethic. You know, <laughs> yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, playing yeah. that. But uh, yeah, so playing a trans set, you know, doing my usual thing. And um, Quicksilver happens to be there. Yeah. Uh, he was on after me. Uh, so like, I'm, I'm just doing my thing, like I said, DJing. And I get to tap on my shoulder. Yeah. It's right at the end of my set. I looks at the time, I think to myself, I'm running over time here. Quicksilver's going to be ill with me. Uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I turned around and he's there. I said, would you mind playing one more? So Excellent. I'm like, yeah, okay. That turns around thinking, hey, this is a good mix, Chris. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Big legend stood behind you. Yeah. You know, so, what tune was it you played? Uh, Sue Gone. I just played uh, a, a Ben. Is it Ben Nicky's version of uh, Apollo Dance? Right. I love that track. I love it. Yeah. I love the drop on that. Yeah. It's really. I was saying to you off yeah. pod as well about see how the simplicity's come back with yeah. the, the, the just like That's what I like about yeah, most yeah. of it now. You know what I mean? It's not mm. overproduced. Yeah. I love it. But yeah, I played that. Uh, oh, just don't want to play this. It's a bit of a. It's called Heartbeat. I can't remember who it's by. Right. But it's a bit of a banger. So I thought, right, better make this mix good. So I'm back around to look. I've got Quicksilver um, videoing me off his phone. Excellent. So I'm like, double no pressure. Yeah. So I did a mix, smashed it. Luckily. <laughs> <laughs> And then I remember, like, when I did the mix, I heard him go, yeah, so I'm like, oh, buzzing my head off, you know what I mean? It's like childhood, like, hero sort of thing, you yeah. know, inside of me. So, just, I, I said, right, I'll get out of your way now, you know, because we were DJing. Um, said, just sort of hello, you know, that sort of thing, and yeah. went off doing my thing. Didn't really think anything would come about of it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, um, about a week later, he shared the video of me DJing, and he put, um, he put some... Like the gist of the post was like a lot about talking about button pusher DJs and fake, you know, people who like fake DJs sort of mm. thing, saying this guy's real, you know what I mean? Should sort of, you know, follow his example sort of thing. So I'm like, bloody hell, you know, like amazing. Oh. And um, yeah, exposure yeah. to a whole new market well, yeah. as well. So like loads of people, I had, like, loads of people saying he needs, to, he needs to come to Germany. So they put another post up saying I'm going to make it happen soon. Mm. Had a few promoters of festivals interested in me straight away, mm-hmm. which was great. Um, then I've got um, basically a Quicksilver's agency, right? I ended up speaking to them. Yes. Um, spoke about you know, like signing me. 
So I was I was in you know in awe. Yeah. Like you got you know you got your judge jewels and everyone on there like it's a massive agency. Excellent. Um, so yeah, like basically got signed to them, which I was really happy about. Uh, they got me a booking. Well, <laughs> before I'd even signed to them, in the same week I got a booking through them. Yeah. You know, um, to do outside world in Hanover, Germany. Yeah. So I went over like yeah sorted all that out. Went over there, and yeah it was just it was beautiful. You know, How was the experience? It was so. It was crazy. It was kind of really different, like, but it was really good. Like, I felt like the crowd over there really, um, I got to say, I was playing the trance set. And, like, the place, I was on a big stage. Like, it was a massive white beach and a big lake, you know what I mean? So, like, it, looked, it looked beautiful. I was doing a sunset as well. Yeah. Set, so, you're like, for a DJ, like, it just playing trance as well. Like, oh, this is just, yeah, Perfect. yeah, heaven. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it was that good. I felt like the crowd, um, they hung on every note you played. Do you mm. know what I mean? There was really insert. It felt more like a concert. There was there for the music, you know. Like a lot of, don't mean a sound thing, but a lot of places you do play in England were sometimes, like, with it, it, it's heavily on the partying. Yeah. And you sometimes it's a little bit like, you might as well be back in track for a, for a party or something, you know what I mean? Rather than, you know, in some places, you know, not, not everywhere, there's been some absolutely amazing crowds out there. Yeah. But, you know, so I just if, for a DJ and for like your creative outlet as a DJ, yeah. I, it felt it felt so good. You know, it felt really refreshing as well. I went to a, sort of on the subject of this. I went to a techno night in Germany, um, yeah. in Berlin, and it was like a student techno night sort of, sort of thing. It was like a Tuesday night, and I was ex I had zero experience or nobody told me what to expect. Yeah, I just thought my missus just thought right, we'll go see what see what it's like, say we've done it because they. All, all I knew was that they're very, very um, passionate about their aesthetics and the sound. So oh, they're like yeah. a crystal clear sort of sound system yeah. and they like it to look professional. Yeah. It's not just a rundown club, whatever. So I turned up, went in there, and I was just surprised of how many sober people there were. Yeah, like, everyone was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I was going to mention that, but yeah, like, eventually there was two people... I think I saw, I saw two people there... It looked like they're off the neck, yeah. and frankly, they look really out of place. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know? I found that. So yeah. I was there, and we were so we were sort of stood at the, the back to begin with. Really, really pro light show lasers. It looked amazing, um, and you're seeing a lot of like, a lot of like um, deck watchers. Do you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're just there, and they're sort of they sort of bobbing along. They're sober, you can tell. Yeah. And then on the dance floor, there's people dancing. Uh, they haven't touched a drink. They haven't touched yeah. any any sort of drugs. And it's like they're just there for for it. Obviously, yeah. there is people drinking and that there, yeah. but it's very much like I found it very. What's the word? Not intellectual, but it was very, yeah, yeah. It was very. Intellectual, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. It felt more about the art form rather than exactly. the partying, you know, yeah. which is, is, I was not expecting that one little bit, yeah. you know, when I went over that way. It was, it was cool. I enjoyed it. And I found that as well, um, these must have been like really techno diads that were around the sort of side. <laughs> Every tune that was coming in, they were listening out. You, you could see the ears lift up yeah. and like, as if it was like, they were, they were listening for a hi-hat that they recognised or something like yeah. that. And when it come in, they'd all like conversate between each other. I thought yeah. it was really, really interesting to yeah. say the least. Yeah. Um, I, I imagine if some of them come over here and went to like, <laughs> I don't know, like a bounce night, they'd be like, what is going on here? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, uh, so sort of moving forward then, um, we've sort of covered your, your 
your Maxime's days, and then you, you've. There's a, there is a question. This is for me. I was just want to ask this person. There is a question about the the late end of the Maxime's days that I wanted to ask. Um, when did you find out it was closing, and what was was it a shock? Uh, it wasn't a shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was. Uh, it definitely wasn't a shock because uh, I felt. I personally, I felt like it probably stayed open at that point a little longer than it should have done. Yeah. Because uh, it was. Yeah. It was pretty dire. But um, it was. It was very. You know. It was. It was frustrating. Yeah. Now because of like all the good times we've had in magazines, like, like I can't describe like you know that that like. It's like seeing a, a good boy go off the rails, like a yeah. good mate, and it's yeah. like there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, can try your best to yeah. to help it, but there's just yeah, yeah. I know yeah. exactly what you mean. I've seen I've seen that happen to clubs over the years, yeah. not on that scale because it's such a legendary club, but yeah. I have seen it happen. Um, so so when did you get told it was closing? How long was it before it actually closed? Oh, man, or was it just instantaneous? I think it was pretty much instantaneous. Yeah. It was one of them, like, we just weren't pulling numbers. I don't think it came to the point where our staff weren't getting paid. <laughs> the thing is, like, because it's such a big venue as well, mm. it's it probably to open that on a Friday night, for instance, it cost. probably costs a lot. Yeah. Are you thinking you're staffing DJs, oh, yeah. security, everything, even gas and electric? It's like, yeah. it, it's... It, it's a bit. It's a big loss to to make. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially in that time frame. Yeah. So that's. What I just wanted to ask you that before we yeah. moved on. Um, so moving on to the sort of say two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen onwards. What was what was the what was your your aim then? Because I seen you, you sort of dabbled in sort of everything at around that that point. House music still was. was uh, yeah. By that point, we'd been. I think we'd been interviewed by DJ magazine. Um, that did a big write up on me through yeah. the house music, getting millions of plays. Yeah. Um, and we were doing the guest mixes for Sunrise constantly. Mm -hmm. So I was like really into the whole. I got that's I feel for me in my career, production wise, is a point where I really, really got Peaked. made down. Yeah, yeah. People, oh, yeah, definitely. I listen to the old tracks now from back then, and I still think that that's probably some of my best production work. All right, how we doing? Just want to take a second of your time before we start today's episode, and I want to tell you about our Patreon. Um, Patreon is a, a tool that we use to financially support this podcast. For as little as £3 a month, you can support us and what we do. Uh, it pays towards our travel, um, our editing time, um, recording equipment, making things better, essentially, for the podcast. Um, but in return, we give you at least one bonus episode per month early access to uh, the public episodes which you're watching now so you get these a couple of days early and also as well i'll be giving away all my tracks on there um so if you if you subscribe for three pounds a month you might get 10 pounds worth of tracks every track that i produce will be going on that on on the um, patreon page so for as little as three pounds you can support the cause um you won't even notice it going out your bank sign up now at patreon.com forward slash it's time to refresh. That is patreon.com forward slash it's time to refresh. You know you're a fucking belter. Nice one. Sorry about that. That was a little bit of a technical issue there. Um, but we, we, my, we were my, talking about my that. My phone definitely didn't just ring. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, so we're sort of talking about the sort of house music and and the sort of 26 year where you think it was at your peak. I was going to ask you, um, do you... I, as a producer, I, I do this quite a lot. Do you ever look back on some of your older stuff and think, 
fuck me, I was creative then. <laughs> like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, the, yeah, I look at it now. Sometimes, I mean, I have to, I've put a lot more effort in recently. Yeah. So we back about a year ago. And then at that point, I'm listening to my old, like the Club Killer stuff, yeah. my house music, and I've just thought to myself, I am so lazy now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, but then I'm thinking, what, you know. Yeah. You, know. It's a, you think, oh, I've done all this music in this short period of time, and it's yeah. like, what, what's stopping me now? But then you yeah. realise, you'll look back on another year, you'll look back, say, on 2023, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, I've done X amount of tracks that year, and yeah. you don't realise that it's all condensed down, yeah. you know what I mean? Definitely. But, yeah, um... So moving forward, when when did because I, I think I met you in, when uh, when you were DJing, I can't remember what year this was, two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen maybe, yeah. where you you did New Year's Eve Sanctuary. I don't yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, yeah, I remember now. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it was two thousand. That was two thousand nine. Was it two thousand nine? Was it? No, it might have been eighteen. Two thousand eighteen. Two thousand eighteen. Then it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. I met you that night. You were on the like the the, the bottom stage, weren't you? If I remember rightly. Yeah, I forgot my audio lead by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that day, man, that was a nightmare. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I noticed you were sort of like playing the bouncy stuff on that again. So yeah. you've always you've always kept your toe in it, haven't you? Sort of thing. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I bounce. I, I love bounce music. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I like I like a lot of sort of music. But I feel like I owe a lot to Bounce as well. Mm. You know, with Gary Knight, he, he helped me, you know, give me the platform and the whole Bounce crowd, you know, everyone who's met me and, you know, have talked about me because I've been playing Bounce music. So for me personally, I love the music, but also, you know, I do love, like, everything that comes with that, you know, and yeah. what, what I've, what that's helped me, like, in my career, what that's pushed me towards and, you know, what I've, like, gained through that. So, Absolutely. You know, Oh uh, yeah, I've um, always found as well. See when you look look at the likes of, mm, say some of the the bigger producers who've early in the career they've done bounce music yeah. and then they've moved and done other ventures. Yeah. So you're talking like say like Matt Descala, yeah. um Josh Butler as well. Yeah. He's another one. He used to do the Mr. Missa stuff. Um, I always find that their biggest supporters are the ones who followed them from the bounce yeah. days and it's like yeah. you're just dead proud of what they've done and how, how far they've came along i know they've gained other fans in in well, I, I feel i feel like our, our scene is sort of is not many people do make it to that position as well so yeah i think like from you know for me personally as an artist who comes from bounce music as well when you do see other artists doing that you're like go on lad you know yeah like, it's like a proud cousin yeah yeah exactly i like yeah. i like that i like that um so yeah, um, 2019 onwards then we'll sort of say, um, the, the, the pandemic came in and stuff like that, um, how did you deal with that? Um, again, oh, to be fair, I started um, doing a bit of live streaming, yep. dipped my toe in that, and, you know, and that, was, that was good fun. Um, so sort of that, give me, to, to be fair, I think by 2009 I've been what, so I started pro at magazines in 2001, yeah. so by 2009 I've been doing a lot of years. So and I've been doing, you know, even though I was sort of bouncing, I dropped off there, like I said, I've been over, mm. you know, in other genres. So for me personally, I had a lot of time just off, off to reflect. To have a break. Yeah, yeah have yeah. a break. Enjoy, like, you know, it was it was bad because you were worried, obviously, will there be a club scene to go back to? Yeah. But at the same time, it was just like, just get your head together, relax, just, you know, you're probably not going to have this chance again, in, you know, until, we just, until you quit. Yeah. So kind of... Relaxed, enjoyed it. I think I put together a USB, you know, with a, a lot of my stuff on. So give me time to do that. Yeah. Um, set, like I set up the live stream stuff. Um, 
did some music production, sort of, again, took that a bit more casually at, at that point. You know? I found a lot of producers within the pandemic, because they weren't playing to clubs. Uh, I've talked to a couple of people about this. Yeah. Do you know I think a lot of people got a lot more experimental with what they were doing? Oh, even like yeah. I'm talking even on the bigger scale as well with house music, and yeah. I think a lot of them they made what you would call pandemic music. It was it was <laughs> it wasn't made for clubs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's totally right. I mean, like again with the, with the live streaming things, I would be able to play what I want, what I felt like, and you know, like a lot of that world. It's different in it because like what working at home. Yeah, what you know, people that enjoy to listen to in the home, yeah. it's totally different to what, you know, well, very different to what they listen to in the club. Exactly. I mean? yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I think maybe in the whole bouncing, you actually got time to chill out a little bit there, almost, you know what I mean, as well. A lot of the, you know, the, 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 do you know the names? Do you know the ones that you see at all the events? Not the DJs, yeah. I'm talking about the, 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 the raves who go. A lot of the names, it was maybe a, a time to recharge and get excited about the music again. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it wasn't, because you notice this yourself you go you, you you're continuously um doing this every weekend it can sometimes burn you out oh yeah without a doubt. um and it same goes for the raves so, like you see some people who I, i've always said this after this in podcast before as well there's like a six monthly cycle where you'll see somebody who hammers it for six months yeah. goes to all the raves and then they'll have a bit of a break <laughs> because it, it, you just burn yourself out do you know what i mean if you're yeah. right every weekend and it's like so yeah. it was a good time to everyone get excited again. I remember seeing all the raves when we come back. I think I played the, the first time coming back. I think there was the Let's Have It. There was um, a Sopranos. I think the second weekend in there was a lot of a lot of people missed yeah. the aspect of hearing bounce music well, in a club. My was... first event back after what was like eighteen months or two years out. Yeah. Uh, my first event back was Victoria Warehouse. Excellent. I was like, yeah, I've never played there before. Excellent. I always wanted to play there, and so like that was great. What were you? Uh, what were you playing? It was bounce. Was it bounce? Yeah, right? it was uh, Maxims. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember this. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I got COVID. Uh, <laughs> what, so, so you didn't do it? No, I did. Oh, it. Did, yeah. I got COVID straight after it. Oh, I right, okay. I'd avoided COVID all the way through the pandemic. Yeah. Went out for a gig. COVID, great, Chris. Fantastic. <laughs> but I mean, was the gig worth it? <laughs> yeah, definitely, without a doubt. Class, class. Um, so it's like little iconic gigs like that, like the bounce scene. It can go a long, long time. In my opinion, I found that it can go a long time. There'll be like the the club does the thing that keeps you going, like the regular the regular yeah. circuit. And every so often, there'll just be like a mega rave of like yeah. a Victoria Warehouse, a big bowlers event, or or something where like a big festival, and it's just like. Yeah, we we could we could go somewhere with this. It never goes yeah. anywhere, but there's potential to do to go somewhere with this, and then nothing yeah. ever comes of it. But and, yeah, there is some amazing ones. I do deep down, I'd, I'd love to say, like, I, I think bounce could be a lot more than it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like the music, like the the like the, the events. I mean, you got the. The BTID lads again. You've got to give them props. Yeah. Like they put on some amazing, different scale, you know, isn't like it? the production value, everything. They do some really good stuff, you know. And like the Maxims, they put on some like the Victoria Warehouse. They, they, they did the bowlers and you know filled that out and all yeah. that. And you know, like I feel, I don't know. I feel, I feel like if if you had to work together a bit more, there could be some just insane Mega stuff. Because yeah. we've got a big enough fan base, so you know, I think the balance, I mean, we got. Yeah, we've got probably the smallest fan base out of a lot of electronic dance music, you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, we've got enough people that could fill, some, you know what I mean? It's so amazing. And doing stuff like that, for me personally, I think would help progress the scene. You know what I, I, think, mean? I think what it is, is we've got a small, a small scale following, but at the same time, 
every, those those small scale following. They're very passionate about. Oh, they're probably the most dedicated yeah. followers. So that's why music. you yeah. could get a big something yeah. like on that yeah. scale. Um, whereas other scenes, I don't want to name other other, yeah, other yeah, scenes yeah. off, but but like say other scenes that they've got a bigger natural following. Um, spread out and yeah. it's like if you look at trance you can go like massive into thailand or it's massive yeah. in egypt it's massive like there's there is all this but none of them are dedicated enough to go to this one big thing whereas i know it's only big in sort of the uk really i know there's there's little offshoots of bouncers yeah. but if you put on a, a bit like a, a, a an event where it's like this is what bounce is about as i say yeah. here on the pier yeah. um places like that Everyone just flocks to it the, yeah. because of the, the, the dedicated followers. Yeah. Um, so how's how's sort of been sort of post COVID for you then? What have you, what have you been, been up to? So I've done. I'd say post COVID, I've done less gigs. I've been way choosier about my events. Yeah. But I've done probably some of the best gigs I've ever done in my life since then. Right. Uh, it's been it's been pretty it's been pretty strange. Like there's been some very. A lot of the events what I've done have been real, you know, they've been on a larger scale. Yeah. And just just way more, I don't know, just memorable, really. I don't yeah. know. You know. So what have you been doing? Uh, well, like I said, the restricted, uh, restricted? <laughs> <laughs> restricted forest, that'd yeah. be good fun. Um, there's got to be, like, this, there was this, the Stu Allen event, what we did. Yeah. Which was just, like, that was something else. Yeah. That was really, really special, you know. Like, 7,000 and in the main arena fantastic that was nuts you know just I'm trying to think what else I said the Germany thing yeah oh, that's been pretty uh, that was amazing so see yeah. me personally if, if I'd rather have four to six yeah. big gigs a year like that on that scale yeah. than going out every weekend and playing to say a hundred people like yeah. it's it's it's, I mean, it's not as, as it doesn't weigh you down yeah, as much yeah that's it and, you know I, I mean I, I love the little uh, I do love playing the little venues you know like it yeah. is more you know I just get behind a set of decks you're close to a crowd it's more intimate you know you can just really have it and enjoy yourself yeah. I do love that but like you say if you're doing that week in week out it can burn you down and then it becomes a I feel your sets become more of a conveyor belt rather than a, yeah. you know of like of tunes because you start playing the same tunes you're like, I don't want to play that tune again even though you love that tune yourself yeah. you've just played it for the last five weeks running yeah. you're like well what the same people are going to start being you know what I mean yeah. that all goes through your head and so you want to you know, you, you want to be excited yeah, about what yeah. you're playing. So yeah. you start playing a lot of the. For me personally, I start playing a lot of the newer stuff, you know, and I'm really fussy about that anyway, which ones I play. Mm. So, like I say, it becomes a conveyor belt sort of situation rather than enjoying the event and, you know, enjoying the crowd. and Yeah, you know. yeah. I get what you're meaning. Um, so, we'll just sort of tie this part one up for now. We'll be yeah. back in two minutes. Uh, back for part two of the podcast. Uh, this is the questions section. Um, so we're going to go through some of your questions that you've wrote in. Uh, Chris hasn't actually listened to any of, the, any of them yet. So this just, is I'll... new to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you've got any questions, just um, give us a message on Instagram at It's Time to Refresh, and that's how you get your questions through to us. Or if you're watching on Patreon, you can drop it on the Patreon question section. Um, so yeah, basically this is just off people who watch the podcast to engage with Hello. With the page. <laughs> uh, so first one is hi pal, nice and simple, yet yeah, not easy. Um, what is your favourite crisp? And that's from Jamie Fell. Uh, cheese and onion square crisp. 
Yeah. Well, you, you didn't have to really think about that, did you? Uh, <laughs> I've had time to think about this and I still can't think of really? what there is yet. Uh, I know um, what snacks. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I don't eat crisps anymore. I used to. Yeah. I'm trying to diet. Uh, I'm on day five of a no carb diet and yeah. it's killing me. I've just gone down <laughs> eating a proper bad mood. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my favourite crisp, uh, without getting too, too into it and excited. Um, so many. I always liked uh, knickknacks. Uh, oh man, yeah. Yeah, knickknacks were really good. Do you have wheat crunches as well? Wheat crunches, yeah, or the, like the bacon ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, uh, bacon slash barbecue yeah. flavour. Amazing. Um, I appreciate a good quaver and skip as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you see some of these awful shouts that say, people say discos are good, discos aren't good. Yeah, Too hard. Nah. Too nah. hard. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think of like what, what Monster Munch are good. Um, they're mixed. If you the bags where you have the mix with like Monster Munch and Doritos and all that sort of thing in it. No. They're a spicy mix. Have you never seen them? That would get me excited. Though, oh, though. you got to try it. <laughs> I've had some change in my answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, I'm trying to think of, of ones that I, I don't rate more than anything. I, I love a good crisp. Um, <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what's absolutely awful and I'm glad they died out when they did because these are like bottom tier. They didn't even deserve a crisp. Was there a kind of salt and shake? You yeah. have the little blue packet in yeah. and you put it in. Someone was saying to me the other day, oh, I haven't had them in a while. I'm like, good, because they're fucking shit. It's like, oh, it's horrible. <laughs> um, so there's your answer, Jamie. Um, my favourite crisp would have to be, oh, Thai Sensations. Do you know the... Yeah, the, so the, sweet, the, oh, yeah sweet chili. Yeah, sweet chili. They're yeah. nice as well. Um, there's so many coming to my head now. It's a Pringle <laughs> as well. <laughs> I like a Pringle, a barbecue Pringle. I think that's their quality. Um, let's have a... Let's, so next question. Hello again, Brad. Uh, what's your thoughts on the constant recycling of 90s dance and clubland tracks in Bounce and Hardcore? And that's from Dedicated Watcher, Andy Matz. Um, I'm not going to get into this too much again. I'll put my thoughts thought forward. I've always said like originality, but that's not yeah. the question. He's, he's asking me what I think about it. Um, as a producer, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of change a few. As a producer, do you find it's easier to get traction when you remix a classic, isn't it? Yeah. More yeah. Oh, without a doubt, you get way more engagement if you do a remix. Um, sadly, although people always say they want originality, when you give it um, the sensor, go, oh, what the hell is this? Yeah. You know, a lot of times, you know, they just got a. People have got to hear it a lot of times before they go, you know, like, oh yeah, I like that sort of thing, you know. Yeah. It sends to me. So it's easier to remix the old stuff. I mean, people say about it doing what it's, they're doing it a lot now, but if you look in the 90s hardcore, early 2000 hardcore, they were remixing all the 80s stuff, yeah. you know what I mean, back then. So music's just, it's a constant cycle anyway. It is, yeah. yeah. And, and you mentioned the Clubland thing there. Clubland ripped off a lot of 80s stuff. My, like My biggest track was a remix of uh, De Bo's Let Me Love You Tonight, yeah. uh, which was on Clubland as well. So, yeah. again, traction, that, that gave me, got me you know, pretty far. If that was an original, not nothing against you, it no. wouldn't, probably wouldn't have done no. half as good. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, but then again, I prefer your version to yeah. um, the original, to, yeah. be, to be honest. Thank you. <laughs> um, because it's, more, it's just got that more... Yeah. more me edge to it you know what I mean yeah. I've actually remixed that tune as well um, oh, about four times <laughs> but yeah um, I need the acapella again I've lost mine <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh yeah 2023 version mate why not mm -hmm. give it a go collaboration <laughs> <laughs> absolutely more than for it um, but yeah um, my thoughts on recycling um, there's nothing wrong with it it's just a bit frustrating at times yeah. as a producer I'm here trying to push out originality mm. 
and it's it's get, it gets the diehards engaged, but it's, nobody's interested on a program. It feels skill. like the easy way out, you know. When, especially like I don't know. I've seen a lot of people just like if you inventively remixing an old track, yeah, something from a couple of decades ago. Yeah, I'm gonna give you props. If you're literally sampling every latest pop tune, AI ripping the acapella, yeah, you know what I mean, you're just throwing it out for throwing it out for content's sake. I'm like, well, anyone could do that, really. Gets to you know the bottom straight away. Yeah, that's well, it. Yeah, and again, yeah, you're not creating a classic there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's my opinion on that. I'll tell you something so, off pod, by yeah. the way. I can't tell you now because if I tell you, it's going to get ripped off. And it's it's, it's quite a good good little idea. Um, so you might hear something in the future. But anyways, um, there's got I've got this, this remix in a classic. Um, I'll tell you the name of it off the pod, obviously. And I, it's... I've just took um, something out of the verse yeah. and sort of be creative with it and that's become the yeah, hook line um, in it and listening to it it's one of the things like that sounds familiar but it's not yeah. obvious what it is and hopefully it can work for me um, I'm, that's what I'm hoping for anyways I know for a fact if I see it somebody's going to go and do it before Don't me say it. Don't <laughs> yeah 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 um, but it's, it's one of them and I've seen a couple of people do it and I think it's when done right, it's yeah. really, really good and it's yeah. really effective. Um, so yeah, um, my thoughts on it are, it's not going to stop. You can't do anything to stop yeah. it. And if you do fancy a quick little buzz of engagement that gets a trickle down onto your originals, why yeah. not do it? That's that's, yeah. why, that's why I do yeah. it, to be fair. Yeah, fair it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so next question is, where is the weirdest place that you've had a gig? And that's from Ali Morgan. I know why Ali's not asked this question, to be honest with you. <laughs> Do you want to go first or is that for me? Well, you go, you right. go, man. Okay, uh, weirdest place. Uh, well, see, for me, it's kind of different. Like, obviously, I can't reach every set of decks. Yeah. So rather than weirdest place, I could tell you the weirdest objects. I put my wheelchair on. It's a DJ. <laughs> if you on, right? uh, the once the drummer bass kick was mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Got behind the decks. Couldn't reach it at all. Yeah. So we um, they put some uh, beer crates down behind the decks. And right. Obviously, I have holes in. I'm like, I can't move on that. So they ripped the fire door off. <laughs> put me on that. So I put like, I jumped on that, feeling very unstable. Anyway, yeah. That's fantastic. But I'm not finished yet. <laughs> so I'm DJing, right? Um, I'm like beginning of the set, I drops a banger. So yeah. the guy comes running around to sort of go, yeah, this is a banger. Yeah, you know what I mean. Steps on the side of the door. I start raising up in the air. Obviously, it's heavier than me. I'm like, I'm like, so man, I've gone from, from, from the decks right near my chin, yeah, to yeah. so down near my ankles. I'm up in the air. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to die here, bro. You know what I mean? You didn't fall Maybe, no, my brother, like, pull the guy, like, rubber tackles the guy yeah. off the thing. I drops down. It's time to flick the track over, right? Flicks the track over on Crossfade. Next tune drops in. Everyone goes, wow. <laughs> I'm sat there, hard pounding behind the legs, like, that is absolutely terrifying, man. That so, is terrifying. Yeah, so there you go. Oh. That, that technically is the weirdest place. Yeah. I've, I've never DJed yeah. on a fire yeah. door, so, yeah. you know. In, in the middle. <laughs> uh, Ali asked it because uh, her, I think it's her mate, or, or she, she went to the event at least, yeah. um, a few years ago I used to get booked for a thing called um, Masquerade at the Castle. Oh. Um, it was a... a, a I think it's an abandoned castle or, yeah. or, or they hire it out or something. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's 
proper cold. It's yeah. it's it's. But what an experience! Yeah. Uh, I'll jump into it quickly, and then we'll move on to the next question. Basically, it's the it's a bunch of random Scottish people, yeah. um, and they're all for all from different backgrounds and that. And it's 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 weird, right? Um, I, I had a mate come with me, Lewis, and he can back this up as well. We went in. I think it was the Yellow Lewis camp. I did it for I think four or five years in a row. Yeah. Um, and I think it was yeah, the my very first experience of it was I walked in, and it was the main room, and it was loads of people purely twisted in this main room, <laughs> and they'd had like, you know, like um, no one be able to see this, but see like the the sofa, the um, pillow. Yeah. So the they had just loads of them. Must have brought them with them, yeah. and they were all laid out in the main room. I'm talking, I don't know, maybe eighty people. Wow, yeah. Right. And they're all sitting on these things, absolutely wired out their minds, watching this one girl up, and she's playing a, a harp, really, Whoa. really quiet. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what's going? Like this is this yeah. is weird shit. Yeah, that's right? pretty nuts, that, man. And I'm like, if I walked into the right place here, because you could hear booming music, but like it, you couldn't yeah. hear it in that room. It was really, really quiet, and you could hear like whispers, and it was like, it was intense. I was like, this is strange. Whoa. So then I, 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 I like walked to like the the right hand side into this like next room, which was a bit of a smaller room. Um, and like down some steps and, and in and then it was um, jungle and yeah. sort of uh, drum and bass it was really early jungle stuff I remember because it was some, some yeah. of the stuff I prefer to be honest yeah. with you um, and I've got talking to one DJ I said am I in the right place Is it? <laughs> yeah yeah this is a masquerade but they're all by the way everyone's in fancy dress costumes I forgot to point this out it plays <laughs> an important part my mate's like what the fuck have we yeah. come to anyways um, so we're there and uh we're just walking around and we're just like we weren't talking to each other we just kept looking at each other like, yeah. like what the fuck is going on because there was in the jungle bit everyone was proper just floaty there's yeah. no there was no no one up for it they're all just floaty Whoa. this is the first the first this was on a friday night it was a weekend type thing um and everyone it was just a good it was a good vibe don't get me wrong i was writing i'm yeah. like i like this but it was just adjusting to it was was strange yeah and anyways i thought I mean, I've turned up to play hardcore, by the way, um, yeah. and I thought, hardcore's not going to go down well, are you? Yeah. And then as I've walked around, there's like little signs, homemade signs that they've made and put up with like blue tack, and it's like all, uh, there was like dorms and that where people were staying. I think you could like book a room there and you all crash yeah. there. It was, it was really, really like DIY festival, but it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I went downstairs into into the, the, the dungeon, they called it, and I was playing there. I went in. And someone was playing like um, hard style at one seventy, and I was like, "Oh yes, this is." Yes. Cool. But, but honestly, in there, it was like it was two different crowds completely. Yeah. It was like proper booming, loving it. Yeah. Um, and I walked in, and it was such a picturesque moment. I'll show you a photo off pod. Um, I'll see if I can drop it in here as well. I yeah. walked in the DJ box in the corner, really, really uh, function one setup. It was yeah. um, sound system, lights. It was amazing, like little rave cave. But just to the right hand side, there was like a little people chilling out to 170 um, hard style and um, with a with a coal fire burning and they're all just chilling there, proper yeah. chill out and everywhere else like pure rave. Weird. That is the weirdest experience of my life. Yeah. Um, I turned up and I thought because the guy the guy that was on before me, he, he was playing like some quite obscure stuff and I was like, I'm gonna drop a tune here and everywhere's gonna empty. And yeah. I started with an edit of Discoland, mega yeah. cheesy. Bear in mind, it was like really thing. And I just thought, 
I'm just going to go completely the other way to see if 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 I clear the dance floor, you can change I, I can it, yeah. change it up. I just want to see how far I can push it yeah. to bring it back in. Um, and I dropped it. Everyone went mental for it, yes. right? But it was because I think they'd been deprived of it in the last set because it, it was yeah. just constant hard. So so I was like, yes, this can work, yeah. this can work. And then I played after that. I, I mixed it into, um, do you know Joey Ray and... Kutsky MDMA yeah. tune. It's yeah. got the yeah. uh, what's what's the riff called? Um, in my is it in my dreams? DJ Panda. The, yeah, yeah, the, I think the so. is it called in my dreams? Is it or something? I can't remember. I don't think. Yeah, I think so. Dun, yeah. Dun, 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 oh, DJ Panda. In it's a dream. Sorry, it's a dream. I was mine went blank then. So they sampled that, and in it, it's it's they've cut out the Joe Rogan thing where it's um. All these guys are just going to a rave and it's all yeah. MDMA and it's sat sampling and they're like proper coming up at this point. I must have just caught them at the right time. <laughs> and it dro it's a really hard tune and when it drops, it drops in. And then when It's a Dream Riff comes in, they went mental and I thought, right, this is a very good crowd to play to here and I love it. Yeah. Um, and I played loads of like quite experimental stuff throughout. Some of it worked, some of it didn't. Yeah, I get you. But as, as, as it goes for weird, right, I came out and there was this guy and he had a big, he was only about 18, 19 years old, big, massive, like, porn star moustache. And he came up to me, mate, great set, mate, great set. My mate, um, Lewis, is a, is a bouncer at a strip club. I was, sorry. And he turned to Lewis and goes, I know you! Uh, whoa, what's going on here? He goes, you're from the, the strip club, aren't you? And he's like, oh my God. He's like, and Lewis said to me, I have to kick him out. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's like, but he, he, he didn't go, he wasn't subtle. He was like, oh, yeah. he's off his head. He wasn't subtle with it. He went, it wasn't yeah. like, um, I know you're from the strip club. Yeah, he was like, like, strip club, <laughs> strip club. And he's going, he's like, yeah, yeah, that's me, that's me. Because obviously he's not, he's not that he's, he's embarrassed about it, but it's like, someone's starting a strip club at you. He yeah, yeah, give like, off a good, a good vibe, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's my weirdest place. Um, so nice one for that, Ali. Probably made a good story for the podcast, to be fair. Um, and, oh, uh, last question for today. Um, hey, does DJ and, gigs and the industry affect your personal life and if so why and that's from sarah jane um do, do you find do you find that you have to work around um yeah, i mean yeah i mean it's, work around it's it it's weekends isn't it yeah <laughs> i mean but i mean it depends which way you look at it it affects it positively as well because half the people i know and love like some your really friends. cool people yeah. in my life i've met through djing and music so I don't know them people. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. I'd say, yeah, it affects your personal life, but I mean, you can just, I mean, it doesn't work in a night shift. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And any other thing, yeah. So, like, you know, you just make sure it doesn't negatively affect your life, you know what yeah. I mean? And yeah, I think I've met some amazing people for it, so it does affect it in a good way. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what you meant by the, the question, Sarah, but. One thing I did, I have noticed as a DJ is sometimes, especially <coughs> if you're quite an active <coughs> DJ, I've 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 found if I've took a gig for somewhere, for instance, and it's been well in advance, and I've I've put it in the calendar. My missus is sound, by the way; she's all right with stuff like that. Yeah. But um, a friend or a family member has gone. There's a birthday party, <laughs> or there's a wedding, or there's a christening, and it's like, ah. Sh but the flyer's already released your name's on it and it's like 
oh no yeah and I've turned up for like an hour and then I have to drive to the gig and it's like you feel kind of shit that, that, I think that's what, if you're getting at yeah. that, that that's what I'm getting at yeah I guess I mean to be fair though I mean there's ways around in it you don't just because you've got a gig don't, you don't have to spend the whole night there do you mm. so as long as it's not too far away yeah. it's like you're bolting over there doing set yeah. Enough, yeah. yeah. As I say, that uh, that's the only way yeah. really it's affected me. So yeah, yeah I get other, that. Other yeah. than that, yeah. I think as long as pe- people, if people meet you, I've I've been a DJ my whole adult life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so people who do meet you, like you say, they come with that expectation already that you're not. Yeah. You, you, so like I've got the bet. Like me personally, I've got two friends who've got no interest in music they're my two best friends yeah. they don't come to my gigs they have been yeah. before but they don't come to my gigs and they they understand that if they want to plan something with me they, 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 they'll let me know in advance and I, I, I'm so grateful for that yeah um but you, you, we can't, there's a lot of the time you can't do anything on the fly yeah yeah so it's like oh do you fancy coming over on Saturday or do you fancy doing something Saturday and it's yeah. like Sorry. Yeah, I must admit, there's been a good few times where mates want to do something like I'm looking at, you know, and it, that does, that's a bit shit, you know what I mean? Like, because I, I do have, you know, yeah. like friends you know, away from music as well, you know, so that, yeah. that can, that can be a bit, you know. Yeah, that's, I think, I think that's what you're going to be getting at, yeah. or if, if you mean personal um, relationships with people or all like that, I think ev- most people are understanding, aren't you? That if yeah, they know if yeah. they know what their gig is, like my missus knows what 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 I do, and she knows what it is. My my mum and stuff like that. There has been times when I haven't been able to go and do certain things, but yeah. that it, it is what it is, isn't it? Part and parcel. Also, it's a good excuse to get out of things as well. <laughs> I was gonna say, but yeah, I've done that before as well. It's like, oh, but oh, we've got this on, and it's like, oh, that sounds so amazing. But <laughs> I'm DJing. Where you DJing at? Um, 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 I'm DJing somewhere. <laughs> I'll just rustle up a flyer. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, so that's the last question for today, mate. Um, we're going to move on to the flopper box section. <laughs> Got you quite excited when I told you about this one, I think, didn't I? Um, so it's a recently new feature. We started three or four weeks ago. Um, basically, it's just you tell me. I'm going to r- rhyme off some tracks, and you tell me if you think it's a flopper box. And if I'm shocked, I'll ask why. Is this where I look like a really rubbish DJ and not know some of the tunes? <laughs> no, um, I'll be honest with you, mate, right? I've, I've, this, I've just put this out as a general public, yeah. so there's nothing really obscure yeah. as such. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, you've got your general listeners. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 it, yeah. They know the hits, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, so we'll do Flopper Bop with DJ Etic, and this is it. Um, Jesse, look at me now. Bop. Pop pile, I'm oh. glad you agree. It's a oh. massive tune. <laughs> uh, rank one airwave, but with the true love never dies, acapella over the top. Oh, see, that's the bop because it has so many memories for memories, me. Memories, yeah. Oh, God damn, yeah. It's, it's Maxime's tune, that as yeah, well, yeah. isn't it? Um, that was, like, I was actually, I think I was, was that the first DJ I played there? I got it in, I got it on White Label. I think I was, I think I was the first DJ I played that in Maxime's. Yeah. By the way, that was, this, this isn't intentional. This is just random. Right. This, I'm just yeah, going yeah, for yeah, this. Yeah, so yeah. It's kind of worked out all right. Yeah. Uh, London Fiesta, can you feel it? It's gonna kill me. Flop. I don't Flop. like it. I, don't like it. Oh, I know a lot of people don't. I think it just drags on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm gonna have to say a flop on that as well. Yeah. It's, I, I, it, I do play it, yeah. but I have to mix it out really early. Yeah, that's it, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, I think, for me personally. Um, 
Oasis don't look back in anger. Flop. Flop. Oh, man. <laughs> it's a bop for me. I'm not sorry, mate. It's a... Just not a fan? I'm just, it's alright. It's not... Yeah. Do you like Oasis? Some of the stuff's Some okay. Of the stuff, yeah. 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 I think it is an overplayed tuner and it can get it can yeah. get on people's nerves, but it's just iconic, I think. Yeah, I get you. Um, and last one, Saiyan Demo, Devotion. Bop. Absolute bop. Bob, what a track. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to put it out there. Someone, someone suggested that on the thread, on the group, and I'm going to put it out there. I think that's the greatest ever hardcore tune. I would, um, yeah, I totally agree. Especially the remix with the rap at the beginning of it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing track. There's something that I hold a lot of memories with tunes, and this one just t- when I hear it, it doesn't even yeah. remind me of the back in the day. It reminds me of um, somewhat recent. Uh, I went away to to Unity in the Sun. You know the, yeah, yeah. the that event. I, I was I was there, and um, I remember that I was I was getting a bit tired because obviously you're on like day three or day four of it, and you're just like. Have a breather, yeah, yeah. have a breather. I remember sitting down on the boat party and just being like, ooh, I've had a bit of drink. Let's do this, <laughs> right? And then, uh, who mixed it in now? It could have been, I uh, no, uh would have been Billy Bunter, I think. Yeah, probably. He, he, he mixed it in, and just when that rap came in, yeah. I just got up, and it was as if I'd had, like, I've never done drugs, by the yeah. way, so, yeah. but as if I'd just had a million pills, and it's just all come up at once, and, Big hands in the air moment. I remember the sun was setting on the Aww. sea, and it was just uh, that that yeah. yeah. It was just a, the stars aligned for it, and for me, that is an absolute bop. Um, yeah, without a doubt, great tune. You, you're a big fan of hardcore on that, aren't you? As yeah, well? yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Um, so, what would you say personally is the biggest um, biggest hardcore biggest hardcore tune oh, in your for Jesus, you? That's, uh, that's a difficult one. Um, if you talk about old ones like that, do you remember Keep On Trying? Yeah, yeah. I used to love that tune as well. Like, I again, love it's the similar it. sort of setup on the strike, you know, with the rap. Yeah. Sort of thing. That, um, uh, what is it? Um, who did it now? High Love. Yeah. Who did High Love? I can't remember. I can uh, remember the... The blue red, blue vinyl, yeah. the little like Superman. JDS, JDS, JDS High JDS, Love. JDS, yeah. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Like, it's all my old hardcore. Class, mate, class. Right, so there's lots of flopper bop section for today. Um, there's nothing that I, I really disagree with other than the Oasis one, really. Because Look At Me Now is a banger, right? Yeah. And I don't think there's many that dislike it, yeah. but I thought it was worth, worth a shout in um, when yeah. it got suggested. Um, so, yeah, for pretty much, I like your tasty music, basically. <laughs> I like all what we've heard there. Um, so, before we sort of tie today up, mate, um, I asked everyone this. You're about to get the electric chair because you've been a right wrongman. Um and you've been offered your last meal. You'll have a starter, main dessert, and a beverage. What are you having? Oh my god. Uh, oh, that's a difficult one. Starter. Don't really do starters. Mate, you've got me there, you know. Um, it doesn't need to be. It's your last meal. You, you do what you want. I'll tell you something. Well, you, can put, you can put another main like, in there if you want. <laughs> yeah, it's the last meal, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like my uh, I like a lot of Mexican type food as well. So nice. probably I don't know. Go for some Mexican stuff. <laughs> like uh, not tacos. Uh, enchiladas. 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 Lovely. Like, decent enchiladas. Yeah. 
Um, have you got anywhere you go specifically for it, or or you got your own made ones, or, or what would some sick chef to make it or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is not probably, nowhere that sticks out that have done no. it for you. Um, yeah. Even locally, around, like there was a place in um, a place in Wigan actually what went not long ago, just before I did an event up here. Yeah, like, tasty as hell. Uh, can't remember the name of the place. Nice, nice. Not sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing uh, for your main? Uh, from the main, well, I said probably do it from the stars, and I've. Uh, some stuff definitely some halloumi fries that type of thing yeah lovely got my boys in nice sauce with it lovely uh, main would be enchiladas yeah some nice rice you know what I mean uh, nice I'm into know. this yeah a rings on side just to make sure <laughs> like that yeah and what about your dessert dessert uh, I'll have some like um, that'd be difficult perfetta rolls man mm, perfetta nice. rolls Fitter rolls, chocolate sauce on top, some nice uh, clay cream ice cream underneath, maybe. Yeah, nice. make it mix that. up. Yeah, that, that sounds good. <laughs> what about your beverage? Well, doesn't need to be alcoholic, by the way. It can be anything at all. It's the last meal. It does need to be alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, the amount of people who've said a pint of vodka is unreal. Pint <laughs> hey, of vodka. Uh, yeah, just because your last one. Yeah, go on, what you go for? Go for that. I don't know. It'd even be uh, a pint of San Miguel because I love that stuff. Yeah. Or I might go for like a gin and lemonade type thing because that's tasty. Nice, nice. Yeah. It's not a bad answer though. Yeah. Um, I was just, I'm quite hungry now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, um, I was just going to say, I've been, I've been doing a no carbs diet for the last um, five yeah. days. It's been really, really hard. But yeah. do you know what I've been, I've been craving the most? Mexican, of anything. Yeah. Is uh, my missus yeah. had um, Italian the other night. I like my Italian food. Yeah. But she had um, Mexican and I was just like, uh, no, I, I she had Italian and I was like mm, I could eat that but I really fancy Mexican yeah. right now like big taco racing yeah. and oh amazing um, so yeah before we tie today up mate um, do you want to tell us what you're up to over the next few months I've got gigs where can people find you um, I've, I'm DJing I think I'm doing 9th of April yeah I'm playing at camera the event well camera the world we're playing it is for Maxim's Bad by Don't Demand and Monroe's yep Love to say it venue, but I can't remember. <laughs> 9th of April. I'm sorry uh, about that. But... Sorry about that. It's definitely our venue, I know that. <laughs> and um, yeah, then I'm going I'm back over in Germany yep. in May, which I'm really excited about. Um, Fantastic. So yeah, and I've got some else in Germany that I'm not allowed to talk about yet, but keep an eye out for that. Yeah. yeah good. Excellent. I'll tell you off, Pod. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and also, where can people find you? What's the best place to, to find your content? Uh, my content, uh, probably SoundCloud. So that's um, DJ Exic, and I think it's slash Club Killers as well. Yep. And my Facebook page, which is uh, forward slash Exic.uk. Excellent, mate. Just mm -hmm. want to say thank you for coming on. I really, yeah, really nice. appreciate you. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it. It's been an absolute belter episode. Thank you, man. Nice no problem. I'll see you later.